evening, everybody. Thanks to Amy and the team. That's a great new song, Homegrown, and uh, really expresses the heart of our church at the moment. I want to ask you a question as we start the message tonight. How many of you know what God is doing right now? As you're sitting here. Do you think God's at work while we're sitting here? Some of you? Upstairs? Think God's at work? What's God doing right now? What's God doing while we're sitting in this church? What's the Spirit of the Lord doing amongst us? It's one of the key things for us as Christians to be alert to is not just what we're doing, but what God's doing. That's one of the key things. So what we're going to do is just take a moment to pray. And when we pray, I'm just going to ask God to begin to reveal himself to us this evening. For us to be alert to what God is doing. Not just generally, but specifically. Then we're going to be quiet for a moment. See if God puts something on your heart. And then we'll take it from there. So let's just take a moment to pray. Father, we worship you as, we, as we're sitting here tonight in this meeting. We know, God, that you are at work not just here in Cape Town. God, you're at work right across the world in ways more powerful than we can even understand. But Lord, we pray as we are here and as we sit under the word, and as we ask you, Holy Spirit, to reveal yourself to us afresh, we pray, Lord, you will show us what you are doing here in this place. I pray, Father, that you will speak to us. I pray, Jesus, that you'll mobilize us. I pray, Lord, that we will be a church that's on move with God. I pray, Lord, that we will be alert to what the Father is doing in our families, in our schools, out in the shopping centers, on the sports fields, in the varsity Lord, I pray, reveal to us what you are doing. Lord, because we believe that right now you're at work in people's lives. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. I think one of the things that's stirring in my heart at the moment is what would happen if the church understood what God was doing and then said, we will obey everything he says to us? What would happen in our families? 
what would happen in our city, what would happen in our schools, and what would happen in our universities if we stepped out with faith and in faith because we believed and understood what God was doing right now. I want you to listen to a testimony of where that happened in a church and what happened when somebody said to the Lord, will you show us what you do? Years ago, a friend of mine and I were really considering what it might mean to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we really had read a few different books that talked about people who lived in that radical kind of faith lifestyle. And so what happened is one night we had several hours to spend some time together, and we decided we would spend the very first part of that time, we would, we would listen, tune into the voice of God, and, and for the next hours, do whatever that voice said to us. And now, as we talk together during this session, we're going to talk about learning to recognize ways that God speaks and learning to recognize and discern whether or not it's God speaking. But for this story, I just want you to kind of roll with me a little bit. So what happened is we went to his office and we sat down and we began to pray. Say, Lord, what would you say to us right now? What, what are you doing? What are you saying right now? Now, let me explain to you something about me only because I think it may help. I, I'm a teacher it's something that I do, and so sometimes I think God needs my help. So as soon we get silent for about 40 seconds to listen, and I'm thinking, well, let me teach my friend. And I said, Lord, I said, um, sometimes the Lord speaks in pictures, and sometimes he speaks, and he said, shh. <laughs> I was like, what? what? He said, I'm getting something. I was like, Okay. And he, he looks up and he says, I have a picture in my mind of a young girl with dark hair and pigtails. <clears throat> and I see in my mind, uh, and he named a particular restaurant at a very specific location in the town that we were in at the time. And he said, and in that restaurant, I see in my mind a man, and he described this man, both his skin color, and he described his outfit, and he said, this, this is what I see. Well, here's the thing that happened. In that moment, he had described a specific place and location and a man and an outfit and a, and a child or a young girl wear it with pigtails. And <clears throat> so these, these things that he's hearing or seeing or sensing lead to something. We could sit there and debate the theological concepts of what it is he saw, or we could get up and go to that restaurant. So we got up and we got in our cars, and the thing that's happening with me in this moment is my heart's just pounding. Because here's what, if we show up there and that guy wearing that outfit in that, is in that place, this means something about reality, not theology. And it means something about the way that I live my life, not just in that moment, but from that day forward. So I'm driving the, down the road both excited and terrified at the same time. And so we get to this restaurant and I look around and there's a couple people off in the corner that kind of match the description. I turned to my friend and I said, is, uh, is that them over there? said, no, no, that's not them. So I'm looking around, and you're, you're going to catch on fairly quickly. I decide that perhaps God needs my help. <laughs> One of the greatest obstacles to hearing is not recognizing that God does not need our help. So when I think at this moment God needs my help, what I'm going to do is I thought, well, maybe he just brought us here because the people behind the counter really need to hear from the Lord today. So I started engaging the person behind the counter, and I've, I've ordered milkshake and french fries, and my friend and his wife have gone, they've ordered their food, they've gone off to this table, and I'm starting to talk to the person behind the counter because God needs my help, right? 
And um, while I'm talking to this person, I feel a tap on my shoulder. And I hear someone say, hey, Bob. And I turn and look, and here is a man fitting the exact description of what my friend described to me sitting in his office four miles on the other side of town. Same skin color, same outfit, and here he is in this restaurant at the moment we show up. And so my heart just leaps up into my throat. And I look over at my friend and his wife, and they're at the table over here going, that's him, that's him, that's the one. And I'm going, Lord, now what do I do? I mean, we're here, we're in this place, here he is. And, I, and so I turned to him, and oddly, since he tapped me on the shoulder and called me by name, I looked, and I recognized him, and I remembered his name, which is usually a sign that it is God. <clears throat> So I turned and I greeted him, and, and I remembered that I knew his daughter. And so I said, hey, how's, and I, I named his daughter and asked how she was doing. And he said, it's funny that you would ask, she's not doing right, well right now. You know, she's, uh, she's 18 years old, and um, she's, she's in prison right now. Was picked up last week on something, she's over at the county jail, and um, it's, it's really a hard time for our family. And I looked at him, and not knowing anything else, I looked at him, I said, you know what? That's why I'm here tonight. And he looked at me and said, there's that look again, right? Huh? He said, what do you mean? I said, look, I was praying with a friend of mine, and what, I, what, I, what he sensed in his mind was this restaurant, and he saw a man of your skin color and wearing exactly that outfit, and he saw something in his mind about a young girl and saw, saw this restaurant at this place in time, and so we came over here to look, and, and here you are. Now, if you thought we were weirded out, he, he kind of steps back. And I said, really, go ask those two people at the table why they're here. So he walked over to these people. And what I didn't know is that my friend had written down on a piece of paper. He pulled the piece of paper out of his pocket and handed it to the guy. Now I'm getting my milkshake going, yeah, that's the guy. Right? <laughs> so this guy, just his knees give out. He just collapses and sits at the table with us. And for the next 45 minutes, we sit with him and, and talk with him about his family and about fatherhood. And we pray with him about his daughter. And we share together just the need for him to seek first the kingdom and how if he does that, that if he's plugged in, that the rest of his family can get plugged in. And to, basically to stop seeking first a solution and to start seeking first the king. And, and he just kept saying, but if they would be okay, then everything would be okay. So at the end of our time together, when he was kind of getting anxious, and you know, he, we said, Let me, let's just pray with you. So we prayed with him, and he left. I mean, we look at each other, and my friend picks up his cell phone, and he calls a friend of his real quick. He goes, dude, you won't believe what just happened. And he describes to him, just in, a, in real short, he says, so I heard this, and I saw this, and we went to this place, and here he was, and we talked. And, he said, and here's what he said. He said, dude, we've got to live this way. We've got to live this way. Do you think that we left this, that restaurant and had to work up much faith? <laughs> we were like in an avalanche of believing because we had just seen the evidence of when God speaks, he's doing something. He's not just talking about something. He's creating something. And he showed us something that he was up to, included us in it. In it. And then here's what happened. A week later, I get a phone call. The daughter. She's made her bail. And she calls me up and she says, hey, my dad told me what happened last week. Can I come talk to you? Well, what am I going to say, right? <laughs> so a day or two later, she comes and sits down in my office. And uh, she says, look, near as I can determine, the night that you guys were sitting with my dad in that restaurant, 
um, a woman from the prison ministry came to visit with me. And in, that, in my cell that night, I prayed and received Jesus as my Savior. Now listen to me. We were created to take dominion over the creation. We were made in the image of God to be his representation on the planet. And the way that we connect to that is as we hear his voice, we come to believe. Faith comes by hearing, and as we believe, we can live out the thing we believe, and we live out the thing that we believe. God's nature and purpose and power is presented to us, in us, and through us on the planet. These kind of things are not anomalies. This is the way that Jesus lived his life, and is the way that he's created us to live. We live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Okay, so um, the reason that I, I wanted to share that clip with you is because what we're going to talk about from Genesis 12 tonight is exactly what happened. There was a guy by the name of Abraham. And Abraham was living in a city called Ur. And God appeared to Abraham. And God spoke to Abraham. And God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless all the nations of the world and you're going to be part of what I'm doing. God spoke to him. And the amazing thing is this man, who was an idol worshiper, probably a moon worshiper, who was living in a very upmarket city like Cape Town, packed his bags, left his city, left his country, left his family, and went to live in a tent for the rest of his life because he believed God when God spoke to him. It's called... The fancy name for that is called the Abrahamic Covenant. But that's what happens when people really believe God. You see, the point that God is making when he speaks to Abraham, I'm going to bless the nations of the world. I'm going to do something that is unbelievable. I'm sharing this with you because I want you to know what I'm doing. And I also want you to know that you're going to be part of what I'm doing. And so Abraham simply believes what God is saying. And he begins to journey. So let's read that from Genesis chapter 12. And uh, as I've said, it's called the Abrahamic Covenant. And the Lord said to Abraham, Leave your country. Remember, this is God speaking. I know we've got a very romantic idea of what this looked like, but this is actually God speaking to somebody. Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land that I will show you. And God says, and I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great and you will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse all the peoples on, on the earth will be blessed through you that's quite a profound thing and so Abraham left as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. 
He took his wife, Sarai, who later became Sarah. And Rolls will tell you a bit about that next week. His nephew, Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated and the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan and they arrived there. And Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Moreh at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abraham. Here God appears to him again. He says, to your offspring, I will give this land. Now, Abraham's got no kids. To your offspring, I'll give this land. And so he built an altar there to the Lord, who had appeared to him. From there he went on towards the hills east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And then he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. And then Abraham set out and continued to what uh, sorry, continued toward the Negev. Abraham's great feat in life is not that he left the city he was staying in. It's not that he left his family. It's not that he left his country. Abraham's great feat in life is this. He believed God. That was the single great feat of Abraham's, of Abraham's life. I want you to think of three big things that Abraham believes God for. Number one, he believes God spoke to him, and he believes God said, I'm going to bless the nations of the world through you. And God says to him, and you need to leave your people, and you need to leave your country, and you need to travel to the land that I will show you. Abraham believes God. He packs his bag, and he goes. That's like flat-out obedience for me. Second thing, God tells him that you're going to have a child. And you remember the story that Abraham is saying, like, God, you can't be serious. Do you know how old I am? Have you seen what my wife looks like? There's no way in the world that we're going to be able to have a child. And God says to him, you're going to have a baby. Even in your old age, you're going to have a child. And Abraham believes God. And then one day, this child Isaac that grows up, God says to him, I want you to go and sacrifice this child that I've given to you, this child which is my promise to you, this child that I've blessed you through, and through whom all the nations of the world are going to arise that I'm going to bless you with. I want you to sacrifice that child. And Abraham goes, and because he believes God, he goes with Isaac, and binds him, and he puts him on the altar. And you remember the story how God intervened. And there's one thing that I want to just leave with you this evening. What could happen if we really believe God? I mean really believe Him. You see, the, the reason that God speaks to us is because God knows that when He speaks to us, faith begins to arise in us to believe Him for what He said. The reason we are able to believe God, the reason that we are able to trust God is because God has spoken to us. And when God speaks to us, faith begins to arise in us. So we can put the next slide up over there, please. The revelation and God's word. When God speaks, there is revelation. God begins to speak to our hearts and we begin to believe what God is saying. God is going to do something in the nation's of the world. You know the reason that you and I are sitting here tonight is because Abraham believed God. 
Isn't that unbelievable? Here's a man who believed God, and it's had a repercussion for thousands of years. There are people turning to God all over the world and experiencing the blessing that was spoken about to Abraham because Abraham believed God. God said, I'm going to bless you in order that others will see my goodness to you and desire that for their lives as well. Just let's look at the scripture again. God says to Abraham, leave your country, leave your people and your father's household. Go to the land, I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And the most important thing for Abraham to know is what God is doing so that he can follow. Do you remember when we come to the New Testament and we read about the ministry of Jesus, that Jesus says in John chapter 5 and verse 19, and I think the scripture is there for you, that Jesus said, and look at this, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. So when Jesus begins to minister, when Jesus is healing people, when Jesus is raising the dead, when Jesus is delivering people from demons, even when Jesus gives himself to, to die on the cross, it's because he sees what his father is doing. Now let, let's read a little bit further. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and he shows him all that he does. Why does the Father show Jesus everything he's doing? So that Jesus, as he's obedient to the Father, will begin to see the works of the Father being done as well. Let me, let me, let me unpack that for a second. God loves us. God reveals his will to us. He reveals his will to us through the scriptures. He reveals his will to us through the spirit, as you heard this testimony. And God reveals that to us because it's his desire to bless people. And he wants us to be about his business. He wants us to obey him. And as we know and see what he's doing, as we read the word and as we listen to what the spirit is saying, we see God at work all around us. I don't know if you've noticed, there were a couple of times that Abraham went off the beaten track. Quite badly, in fact. The one time he was, there was a famine um, in the land, and so he headed off to Egypt. You remember there was the Nile River in Egypt. There was, it was the bread basket of that area. There would have been food over there. Heads off to Egypt. On his way there, he looks at his wife and he says, Hmm, I've got quite a good-looking wife. That could be a disaster for me. So he says to Sarai, when will I get to Egypt? Now, I want you to get this. It was a half-truth because she was actually his half-sister. He says, when you arrive there, you tell Pharaoh that you're my sister in case they want to kill me and he, because you're so beautiful. I mean, that's skin for skin. And that's what happens. And the sad thing is that Sarah gets taken into Pharaoh's because she's told Pharaoh that I'm actually this man's sister. And then you, do you remember what happened? 
that, that suddenly Pharaoh and his family started getting sick and sores and boils all over them. And Pharaoh starts to, to inquire, what's going on over here? And he discovers this is because Abraham has been lying to him and Sarah's been lying to him. And he says to Abraham, listen, what have you done over here? Take your wife and go. And here's the point I want you to get. God had a bigger plan for Abraham's life. And every time Abraham deviated off the plan, God brings him back because God has said, I want to bless the nations of the world and I'm going to do it through you. You see, God's quite intentional and God brings Abraham back and he's got to do it a few times. Brings him back. I want you to realize, Abraham, that what I've said, I'm going to do. I wonder if you realize that God wants to use us in the same way he used Abraham. Let me read to you a, a scripture in 2 Corinthians. I'm not sure that I've got it up. Oh, there we go. We've got it. It says, this part you know well. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. All this is from God who's reconciled us to himself through Christ. And listen to this. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Have you noticed that God's still including us in his plan? God is still including us in his desire to bless the nations of the world. When God said that to Abraham, Abraham didn't have a clue how that was going to happen. He just heard God and believed God. Looking back to today, we know how that happened. We know it's through Jesus. We know it's through Christ that the nations of the world are getting blessed. But when Abraham heard that, he didn't have a clue. He just knew God was speaking to him. And he obeyed the Lord. And sometimes when God calls us and God speaks to us, He's asking us to step out in faith because he's spoken to us. You see, here's the second thing that I want to land with you this evening. Our obedience to God leads to others receiving God's blessing. Our obedience to God leads to other people experiencing and receiving God's blessing. Let's come back to what God said he was going to do. I will make you into a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make your name great. And you'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. I wonder if you've ever stepped out in faith because God has spoken to you and everything just went south. Any of that ever happened to anyone? It's like being obedient to God, going to step out in faith, God has spoken to me. You know, there's a story like that in the Old Testament, and I think it's there for a reason. You come right to the book of, end of the book of Genesis, you read the, the story of Joseph. Now, Joseph had two dreams. And in both of these dreams, God says to Joseph, I want to tell you that what I'm going to do through your life, I want to tell you what's going to happen to you. And Joseph is like, wow, this is like amazing stuff. And then everything starts going south from there. His brothers sell him into slavery. 
and he ends up in the house of a guy by the name of Potiphar. And, 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 and he's in Potiphar's household, and he's put in charge. And, and, and the Bible says God starts to bless Potiphar because of Joseph, and then it all goes south again. His wife hits on Joseph. He lies about Joseph. Joseph ends up in prison. Things start to, to go well again. He's put in charge of the prison. He gets an opportunity to minister to two guys who, who've had a dream. And he interprets their dream for him. And he says to him, and by the way, remember me to Pharaoh because I'm stuck here in this prison. They forget about him for two years. And then one day, Pharaoh has a dream. The guy remembers, I met a guy here in prison by the name of Joseph. And Pharaoh says, fetch him. And literally within days, the man who is in prison ends up being the second most powerful man in all of Egypt, Joseph. And Joseph, one day when he's in front of his brothers, and they're cowering in fear in front of him, because Joseph has become very powerful. Joseph, this is Joseph's chance for revenge. He says to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good for the saving of many lives. And I want to share that with you this evening because sometimes God calls us, not sometimes, God has called us, all of us as His people, and we want to be faithful, and we step out in faith, and we start serving God, and everything goes south, and we say, God, you've let me down, and God, you failed. He has never failed. You see, the God of the Bible, when He speaks to us and reveals His will to us, it's because He intends to do what He says He's going to do. The important thing for us is to believe, is to hold on, is to push through. And we will begin to see God being at work and fulfilling His purposes in the lives of other people. Probably one of the best descriptions you, we have got in the Bible of the Christian life is called the Sermon on the Mount. You'll find it in Matthew chapter 5. Do you know that... Hmm, let me just count here quickly. One, two, three, four. Gee, too many times to remember. God speaks about the fact that the Christian life is a life of blessing. Do you realize that? Listen to this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Does that, does that sort of align with, with what God is saying to Abraham? Abraham, all the nations are going to be blessed through you. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they'll inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they'll be filled. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. You see, all of God's blessings are through Jesus. And when people come to Jesus, they experience the blessing of the Lord. Paul put it like this in Ephesians 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every blessing 
in the heavenly realms in Christ. There are different kinds of messages that we preach when we preach on Sundays. Some of the messages we preach are teaching messages. We want to teach you something. Other, other messages we preach are for your encouragement. We want to encourage you in the Lord. Other messages, messages we pre- preach are to rebuke you and for us to come back in line. But I felt tonight, as we were looking at the Abrahamic covenant, This was to be a prophetic word that God is saying to his church, I want you to know what I'm doing. I want you to be alert to what I'm doing at the moment. Things are really tough all around us. Have you noticed? Have you noticed that we are so easily informed about how many divorces took place in 2019? Isn't it sad that we're never told of the number of marriages that were saved in 2019? It's interesting that we constantly been drawn to the fact of how many gang murders there have been in Cape Town. Nobody ever tells us how many people got saved because they believed in Jesus in Cape Town. It's interesting, we are focused at the moment with, with, with the load shedding and escaments and all the corruption that's going on in South Africa, but we're never told about the incredible generosity of God's people. I was blown away just the other day to, to discover, you know, we're doing this uh, church building project in Kailiche called Arari Baptist Church. One person gave last year nearly a million rand just so that church could be built. That's generosity. You see, there's, there's incredible good news. Even though there's so much bad news. When, 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 when we come to Genesis chapter 12, we've had 10 chapters of bad news. Adam and Eve have failed. Cain has killed Abel. God's wiped out everything through a flood. And then God says, and I will bless all the nations through you. That's incredible good news. That's what God's calling us to as a church. There's just one question. Are we willing to step out with that kind of faith? That's the question to me. I, I, I know there, there are times I easily step out in faith, but there are other times I know, like, oh, God, are you really serious? Do you really want me to do that? Do you really want me to pray for that person? Do you really want me to do that? Do you really? Because it's stretching. But you see, it was God's intention right through the beginning, right from the beginning, when his church obeyed and when his people obeyed, the nations of the world would begin to experience his blessing. All that we need to know is what he is doing so that we can come into alignment with that. Paul made a profound statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He said, when I came to you, I came to you in, in weakness and in and in trembling. I resolved to know nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He said, I didn't come to you with eloquence and great wisdom, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Because my desire is, you wouldn't be caught up with how well I could preach, 
with how wise I was, how cleverly I could put things together. He said, I wanted you to put your faith in the power of God. One of the challenges for 2020 for me has been this. Will I be willing to obey God and allow Him to demonstrate His power because I've chosen to be obedient? Not for me to make a difference, just for me to be an instrument, just for me to be a servant. Say, God, in this church, we're expecting a demonstration of power. In this church, we're wanting the Holy Spirit to be at work. In this church, we're wanting people to experience the power of God. We don't want anybody to be caught up with preachers or good worship leaders or great worship teams. We want people in this church to be caught up with Jesus and with the power of God and with the move of the Spirit of God. Because, friends, that's what makes a difference to a community. That's why a nation gets healed. It's when God, by His Spirit, begins to move. And people say, this is our God." This is the God that you speak about. Let's pray together. Just want to encourage you tonight. Where God is speaking to you, where God is speaking to us as a church, His purpose in speaking to us is that we will have faith, is that we will step out in faith, is that we will be able to believe Him. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing as we listen to God's Word, and as God begins to speak. ask you tonight will you say God speak to me God speak to me speak to me through your words speak to me by your spirit speak to me through a sermon speak to me through a podcast but God speak to me so I want to be a person of faith that's stepping out because I believe God wants to bless the nations of the world through Jesus I'm your ambassador God I'm your servant. I'm willing to lay down my life for you. I'm willing to put my life on the line, Lord. God, I believe. I believe. I believe. Perhaps the most scary thing to me about this whole message is that God's willing to include me in what He's doing. He's willing to include me in His plans. He's willing to speak through me and He's willing to speak through you. He's willing to work through you and He's willing to work through me. You see, God's heart is broken when He sees the sin of the world. God's heart is broken when He sees what's happening in our communities. God's heart is broken every time somebody's life is broken. God's heart is broken. He says to His church, will you? Will you be agents? Will you be ambassadors? Will you allow me to work through you? Ordinary people who believe in a great God. Father, I pray tonight, may there be a demonstration of your power.
in this meeting. In Jesus' name.